Does everything have a bright side to it? Of course. It doesn't always outweigh the negatives, but everything has a bright side to it. This makes happiness a choice. And here we say that the discipline of being happy is the ultimate discipline. With that said, welcome to the Ultimate Discipline Podcast, where we meet with people who are practitioners of this exact discipline, and we hear their cool stories of cultivating happiness through challenges in their life. I am your host, Sean Greenspan. Let's get to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to, I think this is going to be the 85th episode of the Happiness Discipline. Um, If it's not Sean make it the 85th, so I sound right. (laughs) Um, I guess that's confusing for some people. Sean's also my video editor's name. Yeah. But um, (laughs) I'm super excited to have Autumn on. Um, She's a founder of Paleo Valley, and this is a company that I was introduced to through business and you guys were generous enough to send me product. And I actually had my friend who's a regenerative uh, farmer, regenerative organic farmer. He is a nutritionist come over and he saw me taking some of the vitamin C supplements. He goes, and he didn't see what brand it was. He goes, without knowing anything, he goes, don't take that junk. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, all vitamin C supplements are bad. And I was like, that's a big statement. And I was like, look at this. And I showed him and he goes, they don't use citric acid. And I was like, what? And then, you know, you guys sent me everything. He started looking at like, um, you know, the bone, uh, the bone, um, broth or, uh, like the collagen. And like, you know, he started looking at even the, the beef sticks and he's like, what is this brand? He's now a customer of your guys. And since I've got a lot closer with the brand, heard about your backstory and I've been just anxiously waiting for this episode. So I'm so glad to have you. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I've heard wonderful things about you. And I need to know who is that farmer? I want to know this farmer. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, his name's Anthony Love Escobar, the best name I've ever had and heard. I love that. Um, awesome. I'll have to yeah, me, yeah, I'll definitely connect you guys. Me and Anthony um, and Scott and Mike run wellness retreats. Um, and uh, yeah, so something we'll have to unpack. Um, but I'm so grateful to have you on. And I would love if you could give a little bit of background about yourself which um, is also a little background about the companies you started. Yeah, so my name's Adam, and I grew up in small town Montana in Glendive, actually. And I have a wonderful set of parents, but when I hit about 10 or 11, I started to develop digestive issues. And no doctor in that in that town could really help me. And so we just kind of did what we could. I took Gas-X or digestive aids or whatever. And, and that happened until... Um, I hit my teens and mental health issues started to surface. And I was then in both physical and emotional pain. And we tried antidepressants and all the traditional routes and nothing really helped me. And so I really kind of glommed on to using substances to just kind of numb out, to just check out, to not feel. I'm also a highly sensitive person. So I think this just allowed me to check out and be somewhere else. And um, I did that until I got kicked out of my parents' house when I was, you know, before I even graduated high school. And I also had friends who went to jail and that kind of woke me up to, wow, this isn't probably the best path. And luckily I, I pulled it together enough to get to college, to get a degree and then move to Los Angeles and danced. And I, I had all of the, it looked from the outside that I was doing well, right? I was working as a celebrity fitness trainer. I danced professionally, but when you really knew me, you saw that I was suffering. And that's when my husband, Chaz, started to notice that he's just like, you're suffering in silence and we really need to do something. You're, you're, you know, breaking out. You have this digestive issues. You look pregnant at night. You're crying. You have anxiety and just, you know, you're not really living the life that most people would think someone like you are someone who's a celebrity fitness trainer. So he got on the internet after we visited several doctors in Los Angeles and, and decided that food could be a nice first step and that maybe my digestive issues could be remedied by changing my diet. And I thought he was crazy, but (laughs) I did. And I was like, okay, Jazz, yeah, no doctor. If the doctors wouldn't know about this, why would this matter? But we did, we started shopping at Pasadena farmer's market and we really made a concerted effort to stop with the processed foods and to start adding the nutrient dense foods. And in 60, actually just 30 days, my digestive issues, when we were very strict about that, they went away. I was below, I could not even believe that over a decade, 
of suffering uh, could be fixed within 30 days. And so then I invited 200 of my friends that I knew through this Facebook group. And I said, guys, like I've had this remarkable transformation. Do you want to try what I did and, and kind of validate for me that this is in fact a worthwhile use of my time? And they did. And a lot of people saw really remarkable results. So I uh, went on one last world tour with Tracy Anderson, um, actually with Jennifer Lopez. And then when I got off that tour, my husband and I founded our company to try and create options for people who wanted to do what I did, essentially, you know, eat less processed foods and have a really a clean diet that they could sustain, even if they're on the road or even if they just hate to cook. That is, that's the story that I think people would love to have about themselves, right? It's like, it worked for me. Um, let, let me ask you something. Yeah. Were you open to this being a solution hmm. or were you like, was, was like your husband just completely pushing it on you? Or are you like, Hey, like this sounds crazy, but I am open to it. No, I was so open, right? There is a, part of you that starts just to feel hopeless after a while. But I think Chaz and his hope around it and his, you know, decision that this would not be the rea- that our future together, we wouldn't have to suffer. Um, mm. That kind of infused me with a lot of energy and excitement around the possibility. And of course he was there. It's really hard to make change in isolation, right? But when you have a buddy who's willing to do it with you and someone who's willing to be as devoted, it's, it's kind of exciting. And so we kind of just set off on the path together, but I wasn't, I didn't really believe that it would work, but I was excited mm. about the possibility and um, really surprised by the outcome for sure. <laughs> yeah. Cause I always wonder what, like what, what mindset, you know, plays into it. You know, um, one of my mentors says, if you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them, yeah. you know, and it, and it drives me crazy. Cause I, I like, I believe that, you know, every bit of that sentence and you know it's not always easy to believe in miracles or something like that but uh without that belief i think you know change can be a lot harder but amazing story congratulations on the change and thank you for going from a probably really fun job of following jlo around to (laughs) serving others um i mean that's just been outstanding and I think um, it's pretty cool. You know, brands like yours that are just mission driven, they absolutely, they shine. And I know you guys are, are doing well and growing and bringing out new products and touching new lives. And, you know, I, I appreciate it. Um, I think it's, I think it's, you know, awesome what you guys are doing. So congrats on that. Well, thank you. And it's funny, everybody, you know, many people say, oh, you went from JLo to beef sticks. But honestly, like it was something shifted in me so powerfully that I enjoy this work more than any work ever, right? Of course. You know, of course I saw the world and that was great, but there's something about like finding this alignment with what you think is your specific purpose in the world that just, it doesn't, doesn't even feel like work. I love Mondays. (laughs) I love Mondays. I can't wait. You know, Mondays are my favorite. So no, I feel very lucky to have found this too. Yeah. I love Mondays. That's the, that's the clip there. (laughs) Um, I know it's, it's awesome. Um, and you know, it's funny when I, when I was in college, I really enjoyed my school. I was playing sports training. And, uh, I remember I called my mom like one day and woke her up at like 6am. She's like, Oh, you just getting up. I was like, I've been up for two hours. She's like, what college kids waking up at 4am? It's like, go to bed at eight. Cause I'm just getting up and like, you know, doing it. And she was like, why? And I was like, cause life's too good to sleep in. Mm. And you know, it was, I was working at a, I had a cool company traveling a lot, big company. Um, and then I, I realized I started setting my alarm as late as possible. Mm. And that's funny that you say it because on every day of the week. And I realized I was just like, you know, trying to, okay, got to be at work at nine, leave at eight 34. I can wake up at eight 17 and be out the door, you know? Yeah. And I was like, it, when you live like that, it almost seems like there's something you're like avoiding, right? It's like, why not like get up and get after it? And that's that, you know, to just cut that story. um, You know, that's like what led me to start Greenspan Consulting Mm. was like, I want to be stoked about Monday, you know, even Sunday night, you know, like let's check the calendar. Let's see what's coming, you know, for the week. Um, No, it's fun. And uh, I'm so glad that you've been able to, to find that. Um, 
Let me ask you uh, a question that I bet a lot of people have, um, you know, I've eaten your bars, I've eaten your supplements, everything. Um, you guys are absolutely one of the cleaner brands out there, which is something I've been trying to focus on. Um, obviously there are sacrifices you need to make to be clean. One is money, right? Like you either need to charge more or make less, of course, because a lot of times cleaner products, cleaner processes are more expensive. Um, outside of money, what are reasons, and obviously we don't need to talk about specific brands, but what are reasons that brands might not be opting towards the cleanest method? I just think a lack of knowledge sometimes around things. And I mean, yeah. when you look at nutrition, it's very, very complex. And I'm actually doing this docu-series called Rethink Meat. And the first episode is devoted to like why we believe what we believe, particularly about meat, but there's other, you know, layers in nutrition, you know, about carbohydrates and vegetable oils and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know a lot of companies who have someone as a holistic nutritionist that creates their products. A lot of companies are marketers, right? They're like, oh, look at, you know what? People seem to be responding to this ingredient. This seems to be the best thing, the hot thing right now. We're going to put in a supplement, make it cheap, market it well, and bam, there you go. Whereas we're kind of like, we're not so in like what's hot and happening. It's like, what's enduring? What have our ancestors been doing? What are people not having access to? And then how do we preserve the nutrient quality? So I think it's a lack of information. Um, and I think it's, you know, obviously money for sure. But but I think it's a lack of information too for most companies. I tend to agree with you because I believe that, look, I'm a marketer, okay? If I had... Um, if I had that info on like some, like some of these brands, I could then market it and charge more like, or, or sell more or whatever the brand wants. I actually definitely not going to name names, but just started working with a client. I said, cool. What is your unique selling proposition? Why not even your unique selling proposition? I'll come up with that. What is like the meat behind your unique selling proposition? Like what's your differentiator? Why do you do what you do? Why do you have this comp, this, you know, mix. And, and they were kind of like, you know, you know, it's a good blend. It's like a good, you know, mix. Like It was just kind of like, you know, it's what other people are doing. Um, I was like, I was like, at least you're kind of like honest that it's just, you know, you're trying to build, maybe, maybe you're trying to build a brand around community. Cool. You know? Um, but uh, you know, it's uh it's interesting. I always think product first marketing, but I was just going to say the other thing is experience too. Had I not had this very visceral life-changing experience and been, you know, like when I veer off of it, you know, it changes the quality of my life. I think so information and experience. Both. Yeah. Um, well, if you don't mind, let's, I want to get into a few questions around like diet and um, some of these things that I have um, because so I'll tell you, I'll tell you the way I, I kind of live, learn and experience. Um, this uh, is probably, I'm pretty confident to say I'm not doing it the best way, but this is the way that I'm doing it, um, is that I would say that I'm a practitioner more than a student, right? Mm -hmm. um, an example I could I can give on that is like, I don't know much about running form, never had a running coach, never trained for running. Um, I just like to run. I run a lot and I've done... 10 ultra marathons and have 10 top 10 finishes. Like I just, wow. it's one of those things like I don't know certain things, but like I, I've done it where like, I feel like I could, I could help other people out. You know, yeah. that's different than being a student, right? There's benefits to both. Yeah. Um, so when I bring that to like my nutrition, I just, I do what like feels good to me, which is it's almost always, it's like eat as close to the source as possible. Yeah. You know, I try to understand nutrition labels and like i know it sounds silly but like make sure you know everything that's on there and don't say oh i know canola oil it's like no you don't do you know that it comes from like this like gross black sludge that they make in brazil and ship over to china you know it's like like what i know is okay i know a pumpkin seed i've seen it one you know in my life i know where it, i know where it comes from right yeah. um and i'm basically trying to like you know understand this all and my, my brother's girlfriend recently became vegetarian and I realized like, I didn't have 
I didn't have like anything to like back up why, you know, meat's good for us. Um, I eat meat and I eat a lot of meat. Um, I know that, I know that beef has like a lot of micronutrients in it that, you know, are good. But like, I guess I didn't have anything to say like why it's important not to be uh, vegetarian or vegan. I'm not saying that that's your stance, but I know you guys make beef sticks and a lot of, you know, beef, uh, you know, things that have beef protein or whatever. So I'd love to understand that element. What a beautiful question. Yeah, I, I just finished. <laughs> so I'm doing this doggy series called Rethinking Meat because we had a lot of people unsubscribing from our meat delivery service, uh, Wild Pastures, because they were going vegan. And I was like, oh no, you know, a lot of people don't know. And I think any adult is able to make a decision that feels good for them, right? And I think for certain periods of time, short term, you know, uh, you know, you go into the vegan diet, you go into the carnivore diet, like it might work for your short time. My main problem with it is um, children. Okay. So the reason the animal products are important for us is number one, really high quality protein. Okay. There's something called the diaz score rates, proteins on their absorption, um, their composition. Do they have complete amino acid composition? You can think of amino acids as like the letters in the alphabet. And, um, so if we have all of the letters, you know, a protein source is higher quality and it's absorbed better. And if we don't often plant sources don't have all the letters and they're not, um, they're incomplete. So protein is one thing and protein matters a for body composition, right? There's something called the protein leverage hypothesis that says we're eating for protein essentially. And if we eat fat or if we eat carbohydrate snacks, we're going to have to eat more because protein is very satiating. So body composition is one. Also, of course, for children and stunting, right? There's a lot of children in other countries, um, underdeveloped countries who have problems stunting. And it's shown that animal products and egg, for example, in one study in Ecuador can improve um, stunting rates, right? And physical development and stunting is also associated Mm. with cognitive development. So protein, very, very important. Also nutrients, there's specific nutrients that you can only get in animal products. Vitamin B12 is one of them. Heme iron is another, vitamin D3. And then you have lesser known nutrients, carnosine, carnitine, anserine. These are all nutrients that are really, really specific to animal products, right? Mm-hmm. And the last reason is some nutrients are available in both plants and animal products. For example, omega-3 fatty acids or vitamin A, but the forms in animals are the forms that our bodies prefer. So a lot of times plant nutrients can be inhibited. Their absorption can be inhibited by certain types of anti-nutrients. And um, anytime you have a plant and animal form, our body prefers the animal form. So the high quality protein, the nutrients, some that you can't get anywhere else, and the fact that they're more readily accessible to our body. These are reasons mm. that we don't want to take animal products out of the diet. And you've seen at every stage of life, there's research to support, you know, for the, like I said, in children, cognitive development, growth, reduce in stunting. Also you have in middle age, like diets that have, you know, paleo diet, for example, Mediterranean diet, these are meat inclusive diets where you consider the quality of the other foods, right? So it's not the standard American diet. We're not eating a bunch of fast foods, but those diets show a lot of different improvements in cardiovascular risk and, you know, weight loss. And then even in aging populations, probably because of their really high quality protein, which we need more of as we age and their readily bioavailable nutrients, which helps prevent malnutrition, which can also be a problem when you grow older and all of a sudden you don't want to eat as much, right? So it can promote longevity. There's a recent analysis in 175 different countries that meat was associated with a greater life expectancy. Those who ate more meat had a greater life expectancy. So there's a lot of reasons that meat's really important. (laughs) I don't think everyone needs to eat ton of it. We don't only need to go carnivore. I think what you said in the very beginning is the most important thing. Pay attention. Listen to your body. How is it responding to what you're eating? I think that's how you find your perfect diet. So my diet is a lot of vegetables and and a lot of high quality animal products. Not, you know, but more vegetables and more plants actually. My husband's is the exact opposite. He needs way more animal products and fewer plants. But I think at the end of the day, whole foods, pay attention plant and the animal source nutrients and, and you're going to be good to go. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, I noted the, the protein leverage um, hypothesis and um, I can tell you when I eat more protein, I just, I feel better. I'm also, uh, I'm also like trained. It, it just keeps me satiated is kind of where I was getting, you know, it makes me, it makes me feel uh, full, but I, I also just like feel better. For example, when I eat, I just came back from Italy. 
And, you know, yes, I feel better when I eat bread and pasta there, but still bread and pasta, right? And, you know, when you eat that, it does, for, it makes me feel like a little bit heavier. I'm, I don't have any gluten intolerance, celiac, nothing. I, I could eat a sub every day for lunch and be fine. Um, and, you know, I'm training twice a day. So, like, I don't really care about, like, the, the like, it wouldn't change how I look. It's just more, like, energetically, like, I feel like, you know, kind of, like, schlumpy. Um, I also, it was interesting, the nutrients you can only get from meat. For me, like, again, I am happily not a, a student of the game like you are. And, like, just, like, if I think about it, like, if I, like, and, again, I'm not – I don't want this to go to direction of like, you know, don't be vegetarian, don't be vegan, but just like anything, you know, that, that if I'd say, Hey, I'm going to go on this new diet, but because of this new diet, I now need supplements. Um, it it seems strange. It would, it just seems strange to me. It's like, that is what diet is supposed to be. Like I actually, you know, I actually don't really like to take supplements. Um, so like, you know, sometimes I use them like sparingly. So like the vitamin C I take uh, three days before and after any travel. Um, the neuro effect that you guys gave me, I basically take before a string of calls. Um, I make sure there's no, there's no supplement. I take more than five days a month because I, at just my own random thing. I just believe, try to get everything. I want to be not dependent on anything. Never drink a cup of coffee in my life. Um, wow. I don't do caffeine you know. either. Cool. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I try not to be, you know, dependent on that stuff, but like, I feel like it should come from the diet. So, um, that's, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely appreciate that big time. What's up? Yeah. I just wanted to tell you two things. A, I super respect that. Um, and, um, our supplements are actually food. So we don't have any isolated synthetic supplements, so you can take them and, you know, you know, know that, you're not like developing any, you're not going to shut off any internal production or whatever. Um, the second thing is kids, right? They did this really cool study in Finland where they had the vegan diets planned by a dietitian and it included supplementation in vitamin D form. And they still found significant differences between vegan and omnivore children in terms of their nutrient intake. And so, yeah, you can supplement. It doesn't always matter. It won't always compensate. And I do think that is just evidence of, yeah, this might not be a perfect diet, especially for children. Like I said, vegan for adult, whatever. I mean, do your thing. But but for kids, like there's yeah. been demonstrated irreversible cognitive deficits that even when you add meat back in, if you miss a critical window of development, that's that's yeah yeah interesting. That that's, that is good. You know, I almost feel like kids' intuition is so strong. It's like let them do it. Like like if they don't want something, I feel like a kid would just tell you. You know, like weirdly enough. My, my girlfriend doesn't eat red meat. Okay. Yeah. She stopped eating red meat when she was six. Wow. She told her parents, I don't eat red meat. They fed it to her like again in like in a lasagna, like a couple months, like a couple weeks later, actually. And she like threw up and she just like, as a six year old, she didn't know. She just like knew it didn't really agree with her body. Yeah. But something that um, I always like to talk about is that like, you know, you know, meat doesn't equal meat because the quality can be completely different. And, um, it's funny. This actually comes from business autumn, right? Like I get people that tell me, you know, I'll like reach out. Hey, like, let me help. Um, I want to help you build an ambassador program. They say, Oh, we tried that ambassador programs don't work. And what I want to honestly say, I'm like, Hey, I got 40 clients. It works for all of them. Great. They're all in the fitness and wellness space. They're all direct to consumer. So like, maybe you could have done it differently. Right. And that's the same thing about making a hamburger. Like, do you have any idea where that cow came from, what that cow ate? Um, And, you know, I think, you know, I think a lot of this is about the greater message, right? Like, yeah, nutrition, but it's also like just understanding that, you know, like even, you know, going vegan and going vegan can be completely different. Like I know, I know vegans that eat French fries and I know vegans that eat a tremendously well-balanced diet with supplementation and it's nuts and seeds heavy and, you know, it's like, you know, I could get down with that, you know, for sure more. So I think that's a big thing is understanding for people to understand the whole picture for themselves, you know? Totally. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Just start with the whole foods. Like what does your ancestors eat? Like what part of the world did you come from? Do you need more, you know, plant-based nutrients or, you know, like, are you, 
from higher latitudes and you need a greater percentage of animal-based nutrients, but then yeah, just experiment, listen, and um, take quality into consideration. Like you're saying, there's research to suggest that, and I'm actually doing this for my dissertation right now, the meat, the beef nutrient density project, like does the way an animal's raised matter for human health? And it's, it's, it's a big question, but you can see very distinct changes in the final product, depending on how that animal is raised. So that's a very big mm. consideration. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. Um, I, I want to pivot a little to regenerative organic farming. Um, this is a good topic. Um, you know, what you guys are doing with wild pastures is sweet. Um, I, so for those that don't, well, do you, do you want to give the 30 second spiel on what regenerative organic farming is um, for those that maybe aren't aware? Yeah, I do. So there's three types of agriculture being practiced today, basically. There's conventional that comes with, you know, a lot of pesticides, fertilizers. Essentially, we're working against nature. We have factory farms and we have monocultures. And then we have something called sustainable. And that's kind of in the middle, right? We're not making anything worse, but we're not always making it better. And sometimes organic agriculture actually fits in this box because there's still a lot of tillage in organic agriculture, not by everyone, but by some people. And tillage is one of the more environmentally destructive practices. And then the third type is regenerative-based agriculture. Now, regenerative agriculture at its heart is not only not doing harm, to the land, but it's actually returning it to a higher, more worthy or healthier state. And so it's looking at ecological outcomes, designing a very context specific plan for that particular land and saying, okay, how do we improve soil organic matter? How do we improve water holding capacity? How do we improve biodiversity? How do we improve the nutrient and the water cycles? And how do we just make this we rehabilitate this land because for the last 10,000 years, we've been living in a very extractive relationship with the earth, taking out more than we have been putting back. And we've lost a lot of our topsoil as a result. As the regenerative agriculture enthusiasts have come back to kind of heal the land so that future generations can still grow their own food, their fiber. You know, if, if we lose the topsoil, then we have a rude awakening. So regenerative agriculture addresses that. Thank, thank you for that. And uh, hey, it might be our generations as well. Some studies show. Um, you know, I really got introduced to this topic deeply through my friends that I run um, this retreat, these retreats with where we focus on getting people more in touch with nature. Um, and then really, uh, a lot of Dr. Zach Bush's learning, um, you know, what, what he's studying is I've been just kind of devouring what he does. And I, I love his, I just love his approach and, you know, kind of the connect, the connection to nature. And it's funny, you know, when he, sometimes he says things like, Hey, like you buy just kale at the supermarket, that kale's coming from Peru sprayed with pesticides, sits in a truck covered in gas, you know, mm -hmm. then it gets sprayed with whatever at the grocery store. And <clears throat> the way that I kind of like am looking at this all is that, I think the real battle we have to fight is against our own conveniences. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think like, look, right now you have a podcast. You're nice enough to come on my podcast. You have wild pastures, wild pasture burgers, pale, which I'm going to in two weeks when I go to Colorado. Um, Let me know. Yeah. Let's know. Oh yeah. I'll reach out to you for sure. Um, you know, uh, you have paleo Valley, like you're, you know, mom, like a lot going on for someone to say like, Hey, like, uh, I need to go drive an hour up the road to the natural spring and fill up 30 gallons of water and bring it back down. Right. Like some people be like, are you crazy? How do you have time for that? But then someone else might be like, you don't understand. I would, I would miss sleep for this. Like, you know, like, like this is water, right? Like this is what we're putting into our bodies. Um, it's almost like a complete re adjustment that, that I think we need to do, you know, cause I've always said that like, I want land. I want to have like a little farm, but my thought the whole time was like, you know, just have someone else, you know, handle it for me, knock it out. Um, I just, you know, I think it'd be cool to have land to run on and, you know, camp and whatever. Now it's like almost the opposite. It's like, I want to spend time with my hand in the soil and like, mm. I want to grow my food and like be a part of that process and then eat that little pepper that I've been growing. It's like, that's like our connection to the world. And there's so much nonverbal communication that happens there. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know, I don't know where the disconnect happened and it happened to me too, right? Like it happened to all of us. 
Um, but you know, the, what I like about regenerative organic farming is besides it's, it's like our connection to the environment. It's like a, it's a spiritual approach to nutrition. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I'm, I'm all about is like, you know, get that information from the soil, from the minerals in your water. Like that's, you know, that's like real learning, you know, everything else is a distraction. Absolutely. It's kind of like two big ideas, like in nutrition, there's something called nutritionism where we're looking at proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. And as you've alluded to, food is so much more than that, right? There's thousands of nutrients in food. Then there's the microorganisms living in the soil. And there's one study that showed you can actually you dig, there's organisms in the soil that improve neurotransmitters in our brain, you know, that just, so there's like valid, scientifically validated reasons for our connection and the reason we need to be in connection with the earth. There's grounding, right? Has this electromagnetic charge and it can reduce inflammation in our body. Um, And so, yeah, we all need to reestablish that connection. We've been living in cities. Most of us have no idea where our food even comes from. And we have to also remember that we are part of of nature. Like there's no doing a shitty job, raising your food, using chemicals and pesticides. And there's no separating that from human health because we're all the same, right? We have to remember, like Fred Provenza said, he's one of my favorites, that we're members of nature's communities. And only when we take care of them, do they ultimately take care of us. It's, uh, it could be so simple and beautiful. And I think, but look, like it's funny, you know when you know something but you haven't acted on it yet. Like I'm drinking natural spring water out of a plat, but out of plastic, right? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like could be could be doing better there. Um, man, I flew in like late last night and I just picked up eight eight gallons of natural spring water. I was like, I, I'm not gonna drink shitty water, but it's still in plastic. And then it was funny because I'm talking to my dad about it, and he's like, it's like, dude, plastic's fine. And I was like. I was like, what would happen if you left that plastic water bottle in your car in the summer? He goes, dude, I'm throwing it out. The plastic's leaching in there. I'm like, how'd that bottle get there? Yeah. You know? And uh, he's like, ah. And, you know, um, this is to show everyone that, like, I'm just, I'm trying my best. And I'm not trying to put myself ever on a pedestal. But, no. you know, I feel like there's some some of these things that just, like, I know and I just need, you know, I'm in the process of acting on. Um, and that's, you know. You, you do need to enjoy the process as well. hundred percent. And it's just all those little decisions. In my view, my focus obviously is nutrition. And so I have that element dialed in, but there's a lot of parts of my life that could be a lot more dialed into. Just like you're saying, um, I could address my clothing better. You know, like you said, we're all just where we are and we just got to take the next best step. Yeah. And so like clothing's like another thing, right? Like we just think, oh, you go to your store to get clothing, right? It's like, well, at some yeah. point, at one point in time, we made clothing or didn't wear clothing. So it's like in reality, you know, it's it's just a major adjustment to understanding how to live closer to nature. Um, sim- simplicity is always the answer. Closer to nature is always the answer. Yeah. What do you do for your water? Oh, we have this amazing place called El Dorado. It's actually the best water in the country. And that is one thing we do really prioritize. And, and we were those crazy people driving. Like when we lived in Southern California, we drove like 45 minutes to pick up our water every week. Cause you know, once we had a child, we were just really awake to, and once we saw how my health improved, really awake to, oh my gosh, what we're putting in every day, that really matters. And so we do El Dorado Springs. It's, it's, and they just deliver it in our, in our glass cans or glass bottles and um my sister comes over and she's always like oh my gosh it's like a spa in here with this water so but yeah i know it's not always where everybody can be and so just um getting a filtration system too um is a great first start you know and just switching out something else you're drinking soda caffeine for water hey there's that's a good start too absolutely um yeah that's that's awesome what we what we just um are about to order is like basically a filtration system you know it's about this big and i live nomadically so every month i need to crank and put it on the new sink that we're at um and so you know everyone has their excuses right like around the holidays i go spend a few weeks at home where it's like my parents are separate so a couple days at my mom's couple of days at my dad's it's like you know i need to figure out what the best you know solution is but um and sometimes it's just buying nice bottled spring water you know at the store mountain valley or whoever 
Um, I have a feeling for anyone that has like a challenge doing that, you know, financially, um, the way I like to look at it is you are your biggest asset and assets appreciate in value and return, you know, value. And the more you invest in yourself, the more you're worth. Right. Um, and I know it's, it's difficult when there's not a number attached to it and a bank doesn't secure it, but, um, you know, for any, for anyone out there that has struggling, you know, struggle mentally, you know, paying three, $4 for a bottle of water. Uh, you know, I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they say, right? We as a country spend less on food, right. And more on medical care eventually. Right. And then we lose quality of life. So yeah, we just, we're willing to spend a little bit more up front. We can improve the quality of our lives and um, potentially prevent stuff. And so I think it all kind of balances out in the end. Absolutely. I, lo- I love that attitude. Um, I also want to talk about cows in just in general, cows being the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, we'll get to cows, actually. Why? So glyphosate came to my mind while we're talking about water. Um, it was a bummer to hear that my dad didn't know what glyphosate was. And it's funny because I'm picking on you pops. Um, it's funny because, you know, he tells me I'm an, I'm uninformed and it's a little bit of a sticking point because I don't, you know, I don't watch the news at all. Um, I don't act. If you want to know the truth, I actually just got the Instagram handle people who watch the news and I'm going to make it a hilarious meme page and it's going to definitely fucking go viral. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really watch the news either. Okay, good. So that doesn't offend you. (laughs) Not at all. No, I know. Um, I get a little slack from my mom about it too. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's all good. Everyone, um, you know, to each their own, as they say, but it's fun. It's just funny that that's one of the things that didn't, wasn't on his radar. Um, the reason the topic came up was I, I add humic acid to my water. It's actually a Dr. Zach Bush product. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his line. I think that's like his only product. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, he was asking about it. Talk, talk to me about glyphosate. I mean, it ties right into regenerative organic farming too. Yeah. Gosh, you know what? I just took my little son. He's eight to see the movie common ground. Have you seen it yet? No. It's so good. And during the part about glyphosate specifically, he looked at me and he said, Mom, you know you're making me hate humanity by watching this, right? And I just so glyphosate is the active ingredient in Roundup, which is the one the most prevalent used herbicide. So and just to put it in context for like because I've been doing research on this, about a quarter of a billion pounds of glyphosate are used on the corn and soy grown just for animal feed in the United States in, in t- 2018. And so just for animal feed, just for animal feed, soy and corn. Yeah. So it's crazy. Um, I think it was like 235,000 pounds around there. And Dr. Zach Bush, you know, does a lot of work on glyphosate and its impacts on our immune system and our gut function and believes that it kind of degrades those. And, and, and when you degrade your gut function, right, that becomes a systemic function because our gut is essentially something that protects us from things that aren't supposed to be in our body. And so when those barriers are breached, right, we can end up with any number of abnormalities. And, um, Dr. Stephanie Seneff is very much, uh, anti-glyphosate and she does a lot of research on the topic and she and uh, links it to the increases in autism and other diseases and we do see as we started to use it more you know and there's a lot of factors at play here but it's potentially one of them and then we have thousands of lawsuits right so international agency for research on cancer named glyphosate a probable carcinogen we have Dwayne lee johnson who's a groundskeeper who won i think originally was awarded, I think, $289 million because he was able to prove that glyphosate caused his non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And there's other couples and literally thousands of other people waiting in the wings for their day in court. And so glyphosate, and, and here's the crazy thing, glyphosate is only one ingredient, right? When you put the whole formulation together, Roundup, there's other chemicals in there. And we don't know the concomitant effects. Like what happens when, and then we have other chemicals that we're using in agriculture, 2,4-D and um, atrazine. And just what happens when we use all of these pesticides? Nobody really knows, but it probably isn't good, right? If it's killing off 
animals and dangerous species, if it's killing off the life in the soil, if it's killing our gut function, I mean, it, it's it's definitely not a good thing. And it's something that we we actively avoid. My husband, actually, we lived on a golf course before this and tested his levels of glyphosate and they were really, really high. And so he had to take measures to also reduce his levels. But, but yeah, I think glyphosate, definitely need to get it out of our food supply. We definitely need to wake up to its potential to devastate our health and the health of our environment. Yeah. I, you know, <clears throat> I don't know too much about what it does to us. The, my, my understanding is it's sprayed everywhere on everything. It's not water soluble. So it runs into the river, it gets evaporated, right? It's, it's everywhere. Um, it, it goes between the tight junctions of our blood brain barrier and the same with our gut lining, which, you know, isn't good. And it kind of infiltrates there, which, you know, that's your neurology. So that not only affects your health, but your decision making and things like that. Um, assuming people are going to take some time, do research or just take our word and say glyphosate's not good for you. Um, what can you do to avoid it? Yeah. And one thing I want to say on that, Stephanie Seneff believes that it interferes with the production of the aromatic amino acids. And they say their claim is that we don't have, um, we don't have the same system, but our gut bacteria do, and they do, it does interfere with their production of these amino acids. Mm. Uh, and so what I would do is definitely avoid foods, you know, that are sprayed with pesticides if you can. So do organic as often as you possibly can. If you can't do organic, there's something called the Clean 15 um, that can also give you which foods are potentially more um, degraded or more use more pesticides in their production. And so that's what I do. I know you can take the humic acid. I haven't used that particularly myself. Dr. Stephanie Seneff also believes that there's a compound in apple cider vinegar called acetobacter that would break down that glyphosate molecule. Uh, so whenever you're eating out or somewhere where you can't necessarily control the quality of your food, I would definitely go that route. But yeah, choosing organic, knowing your farmer, if you can, if you're somewhere where that's possible, looking them in the eye, asking them about their practices. And then yeah, humic fulvic acids, um, apple cider vinegar, um, and other things could also potentially be helpful. Uh, you know, I, I, I like both approaches. It's like, you know, avoid and treat, right? Because most people aren't going to be able to, by the end of the day today, change their entire food situation um, and water situation, uh, you know, as quick as possible. I, I've actually found looking at the clean 15 and the dirty, what the, the dirty dozen or whatever yeah. has helped a lot just to understand, um, you know, kind of a little bit more about about what, what we should put in our body and what we shouldn't. Um, and yeah. I thought of one other strategy that I've heard about, and I can't remember the particular researcher. Now this is more of a theoretical approach, but um, they believe that glycine can come in and uh, I'm sorry, glyphosate can come in and substitute for glycine an amino acid in our body. And so potentially by supplying enough glycine in our body, um, we could cut, down the possibility that that will happen. So glycine is found in bone broth, right? Um, and other, like the skins of animals, even in pork rinds. It's not something we, a lot of us get good every day, but if you eat collagen and you eat bone broth, that is one way that you could increase your production of glycine and potentially um, keep that from happening. Okay, cool. I've, I've opened like six new tabs just quickly of things that I want to research after this <laughs> just from talking to you. Yeah. Good. Yeah. The glyphosate glycine. That's really interesting. I wish I could remember the name of the researcher, but it, um, he was a very, very, very well published and um, I, I believe educated um, guy. So I'll send you his name after this. I can look it up. Please do. Please do. Um, I've, all right. I, I, have, I have a question for you. I know, I know you, uh, you have a, a hard stop here in 10 minutes and, um, I want to, we, we've touched on some of the most important topics, even though we we're going to skip cows for now. Um, <laughs> Sad. and <clears throat> I want to, I want to get a little into the woo woo spiritual stuff where like, I kind of, um, I would say am, am living. Um, I'm a natural skeptic on every study, mm. even if there's no, even if it's not given to me by a company that leads me to want to buy their product, if it's just from 
or research or whatever. And the reason is there's too many variables, right? You know, if if a hundred thousand people all do this diet, a hundred thousand people do it, and it's such huge study and it's over a long time, you know, it still wouldn't prove it to me because like I could say like, cool, well, like, hey, um, when you eat veg, like, okay, let's just say people went carnivore, people went vegetarian, it was a ton of people, long time, awesome. It's like, well, you know, like maybe like vegetables are more high fiber, and maybe by doing that, they also restricted their calorie intake, which had to do with longevity and, you know, like, whatever, like there can be like themes, not to mention you just can't, you know, you can't measure everything. And because of that, I like to do a lot of like self study and I like to just do what's intuitive, right? Like clean, right? Like why does spring water make sense to me? Well, that's where water comes from, right? It's like, yeah. You know, water doesn't come from a bottle. That's not whatever, you know, it, it, it comes from a spring, um, you know, food close to the source that was raised well, All, like that just make, it just makes sense. You know, it's like, I don't know um, any other way to put it. Um with all that said, you could drive yourself crazy, optimizing for the perfect diet, getting blood tests, seeing how everything goes. Yeah. Um, do you like, I don't want to put a thought on you. My thought is that no matter what, like the mindset that you bring to something is actually going to supersede everything else. Mm. So like here, here's a great example. I have a friend who's a body, who's like a bodybuilder, but he's like natural and healthy. And I actually really respect his views on health. And he was like, dude, you absolutely cannot build muscle in a calorie deficit or you cannot build weight you know, in a calorie deficit, it's impossible. And I'm like, cool, I get that it's improbable, because, you know, the law of thermodynamics. But like, I feel like a more fundamental law, more fundamental than the law of thermodynamics is some law, kind of maybe close to like the law of vibrations and the law of attraction, that are more just about like, you know, your belief of like the food you're putting, Mm. you know, in you and what it's going to do, right. And like if I told you, hey, I was in a calorie deficit for a year and I gained 10 pounds, like that wouldn't be the craziest thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you kind of agree with that, even though obviously you have these companies focus on nutrition and wellness. Um, do you do you resonate with that like same thing that there's like the mindset and like energy you bring to something supersedes anything in this like material world? I love this question. So yeah, I do think there's an element of truth there because it's it's about your nervous system, right? Even how the food that you're eating will be digested differently, absorbed differently based on the state of your nervous system, right? And then there's just, like you said, very powerful, um, the power of belief, right? And this optimism and this um, just kind of like, I don't know, just energy around um, this is going to be good for me right? Just like even coming to believe that this is working for me, right? The world is conspiring for me. This food is going to be good for me. No, I think that's absolute. I think your nervous system is the state of your nervous system. Being able to regulate your nervous system uh, is, is more important than almost anything else. And I don't say that lightly because I think food is the one thing that we can control and is the foundation. It's the one piece you can kind of toggle another piece that you can toggle that will literally make everything better, right? The food and plus like it, I, I, I like that they go in tandem because our physical body is made from the food that we eat. The signaling molecules, our hormones, our antibodies, our neurotransmitters, these are all made from food. And so the quality is really, really, really important. But you can eat a perfect diet and you can be dysregulated emotionally. You can have a nervous system that is running on stress and um, you won't, you still won't be healthy, right? And, and when Absolutely. it comes to like just thermodynamics, I mean, people, you say, how much does stress, how many calories is stress? Um, how many calories is a lack of sleep? Because we know both of those factors just impact the way that our body responds to the food that we eat. So yeah, I think I'm actually in somatic therapy right now. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. And yeah, I got the food piece first and I feel like that gave me a layer of biological stability that I didn't have. Right. I was up and I was mm-hmm. down. But you could have gone the other way, right? I could have found somatic therapy and maybe chilled out a little enough to listen to the feedback, to hear what my body was trying to tell me about the foods that I should be eating. So I think, 
can go both ways. And yeah, your nervous system it, and, and your thoughts and your and how your thoughts impact your nervous system can't be underestimated. It's super important. You're, you're very balanced. I appreciate that. And yeah, it could go, you know, either way. And it's funny because this is where me and him, um, this is where our uh, healthy debate landed was I said, you know, similar to what you said, you can eat healthy, do all the right things and you won't get the results if you're not, you know, clear on the inside. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a great start. And I said, cool. Yeah. But also the other way, like, I think you could eat, you know, again, we've talked about how important I think nutrition is. Um, I think you could eat like shit, but if you're so like dialed in internally and, you know, I could, you know, we could have a whole podcast on what that means. I think that could supersede it. And Sam said something to me that I loved. And he said, the answer is both. The answer is and, right? As people say, it's like, dial it all in, right? Like, he was like, cool, Sean, I agree with you. Yeah. But also don't drink glyphosate water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, there's like Mark David, he's like this mentor of mine. And he taught this story about this doctor who wanted to lose weight and he didn't want to change his diet. Right. And so all he asked him to do, slow down. If you're going to eat those Big Macs for, for lunch every day, which he did just, that was his ritual. He said, all I want you to do is slow down, pay attention, enjoy every single bite. And so he started there. And what the guy found was when he slowed down and he paid attention, he didn't like Big Macs. And so I think, like you said, like you could start either or, but I think people who are really dialed in and who are really calm and have this great abundant mindset, like they'll start to notice that. And I think they'll, they'll both shift. Usually I'm sure there are exceptions, but I just really like that story. Even if you start (laughs) slowing down, paying attention, I absolutely love it too. That is where we are going to wrap up autumn. I think it's so cool that this is the first time we ever talked and we just dove into it. Um, And you're in Colorado. You're in Boulder, right? Boulder. Yeah. Boulder. Boulder. Cool. Um, I just convinced my girlfriend that we're flying there October 27th. So I'll see you in two weeks. Let's get a burger. Burgers on me. (laughs) I would love that. No, burgers on us for sure. Because it's our restaurant. So no, we love that. And I love this conversation. Thank you for making it amazing and easy. And it was awesome. Thank you so much. Hope everyone enjoyed. Hey, thank you for watching today's episode. If you got something out of this, it would mean so much if you could just take a second and give us a rating on whatever platform you're watching it on. And it would mean so much to the world if you could just find one person that you think this message resonates with and you can share that with them. Thank you so much for your support. Looking forward to share the next episode with you.